0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Acquisition, a podcast for the B2B SaaS industry. Your host, John Wood, talks with SaaS industry leaders, founders, and experts. John will find out how they approach customer success in post-acquisition tactics, strategy, and tools. Find out what your peers are doing to keep their customers happy, engaged, and subscribed. Hello, thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Acquisition. I'm your host, John Wood. Today on the show, we've got Mike Provenzano. Mike is VP of Customer Success at Acrolinks. We're going to talk to Mike about organizational alignment of customer success. Should customer success be a revenue center? And if so, what metrics should you measure there? We'll also dig into some interesting topics around compensation in customer success and structuring that. And Mike will give us some of his rules for empowering a customer-centric organization. So here we go. Mike Provenzano. Good morning. We have Mike Provenzano, the VP of Customer Success at Acrolinks. Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Acquisition. How are you today? Mom? I'm good, John. Thanks for having me. Good. Happy to have you here. So I want to dig right into to some things based on your background, having a background <clears throat> from operations to professional services into uh, a very seasoned background in customer success. Also, uh, I note that uh, early in your career, you were involved in compensation with salary.com and IBM and sort of part of that acquisition of salary.com's business. So I'd also like to dig into something that I think is, is very, uh, very important and on the minds of, of many CSMs and folks in customer success, and that's how they get paid. Um, and how they're incentivized to to get paid, so we'll go there as well. But to, to lead it off, um, customer success, the organizational alignment, and do you see customer success as a revenue center, which I think can sometimes be a bit of a controversial topic in, in the um, in the industry?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely, hundred uh, percent, John. So the you know my my opinion on customer success is that you know it absolutely should be uh, driven and and focused on revenue, uh, both the retention of revenue and, you know, in certain, certain organizations, the, uh, the expansion and growth of revenue within the customer base. Um, it is, as a CSM, you have a unique position with the customer as as a trusted advisor and their conduit into your organization. Um, and you know, the, the way that I look at it is, you know, there is no better person to, uh, answer the unique and individual needs of, of each customer than someone that they work hand in hand with every day. Um, and, you know, that leads to a, a very strong bond. And, you know, when it comes to economics and commercials and things like that, as we come up for renewals and we, you know, make decisions about expanding, you know, or, or growing our footprint within, within accounts and things like that, you know, that is... Um, you know, a place where, where customers will lean for, you know, advice and and strategy on how to do that. Um, and you know, having to hand off to somebody else or someone new or things like that can be, I I would say counterproductive. Um, now there's certainly circumstances and things like that where, where it does make sense. Right. So if your champion is, you know, handing off to a a purchasing person, let's say, you know, within, within an organization, then it's certainly, you know, no impediment to hand off to a a classic, uh, seller or, you know, account manager or things like that. Um, but the, the basis that I see for it, or sort of the, you know, that, a direction that I, that I see is, is make it easy to do business with your company. Right. So if I call and say, Hey, I need another, you know, five licenses for, for your solution. Um, I shouldn't have to say, well, sorry, I can't help you. Let me get, get you over to, you know, Paul or John or Cindy or someone else who will be, you know, happy to help you with uh, adding those five users to your account. It's a, it's a poor experience all around if, uh, if you can't help them in, in sort of that first touch.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, reduce friction, reduce the pain for the customer, meet their needs right then and there. Love that. Now, how do you ensure that you're not creating or rocking the boat internally with, say, the relationship between customer success, sales, account management, and and, you know what are maybe what are you doing or what have you seen in the past that that's worked to ensure that you're not um, rocking the boat internally uh, and to service the customer in those instances where, say, a CSM will just go ahead and sign up, get those licenses. Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the the one sort of starting point, you know, if you're, if you're really going to go to the foundation of it, you need to measure the culture within the organization, right? If you can ensure alignment across the entire go-to-market team and, you know, in, ensure that everyone is is focused on the same goal, right? We're, we're all focused on growing this company and, and providing the, the very best experience for our customers. Uh, those problems tend to take care of themselves uh, in a more sort of Systemic, or compensation-based, or you know, worrying about um, channel conflict. You know, more specifically, um, I design compensation plans for for CSMs, and you know, I've done done a lot of them at this point. As you said, uh, a seasoned past and uh, customer success, making me sound much older than I am. Uh, you know, it's it's things. You know, it's things like the mechanics of a compensation plan, or of a goal structure, or of MBOs, and and things like that that you can used to align your entire organization, right? So if we're all shooting for the same overarching goal and we all play different roles in reach, in reaching that goal, um, you know, you design compensation plans that don't, um, that steer away from channel conflict. Uh, one thing that we've done sort of, or that I've done at a number of companies here, uh, is I've actually put both renewal and expansion revenue into the compensation plans of CSMs, but I, haven't sort of created accelerators or, uh, incentives around being the origin of expansion revenue or, uh, being the person that closes expansion revenue. Um, if, if your account expands, you, you know, would receive a, a bonus or a commission, however the, the plan works, but it's the same rate, whether you close it, any, an uh, AE closes it, you know, they, they call and reach accounting and accounting takes an order for a license. We should all get the same rate. Um, it's not a it's not an effort based commission program. It's a it's a results based commission program. So if we if we end up in the same place, um, then you know the the end result and you know in the pocket should be the same. It's not about the amount of effort that you've expended in in the process. It's about the the end result and finish line.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about that, maybe to help the <laughs> listeners just understand a little bit more about how you might structure a comp plan for a CSM and again maybe maybe you can give us specifics from from AcroLinks or or maybe something that you've seen in the past in terms of the mix of base comp, variable comp, and then kind of how you're gonna measure some of those growth and expansion metrics if it's, you know, uh, de- designated accounts that are assigned to a CSM that, that we typically see in more mature kind of enterprise SaaS. Um, and maybe maybe a little bit less so as you go go down market where you've got, you know, small to medium business type SaaS. So, um, w- you know, going back to that. So how, how do you structure the comp and, and sort of how do you measure those those metrics to make sure that it, you know, it's transparent and it's obviously doing the, you know, the overarching goal, which is empowering the CS team or the AE team to focus on growth, retention,
1: value and all those things that are so very important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the I the easy answer is it depends, um, <laughs> and, and the more complicated answer would you know leave us here the entire day talking through it. And mm-hmm. um, maybe you can give us just a yeah, you know, exactly a, no no absolutely something uh, was... <laughs> conceptual then. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you know, for CSMs from a you know breakdown, if they are revenue focused, they do have a churn metric or renewal metric that that's part of their compensation plan. Um, Typically, sort of the highest leverage uh, ratio that I've seen is like a Mm -hmm. 70-30, where, you know, classic sellers and things like that, you're very apt to see a 50-50. You know, there's, uh, I've also seen it as low as, you know, 95-5 or 90-10 for CSMs that are less revenue focused. Uh, The early days of, of a company. So, you know, you're sort of just coming up on your first cohort of renewals or, you know, you're sort of the lucky seven customers, as I like to call them, right? Your, your first seven to 12 customers that you sign who, you know, just have helped keep your business alive. Um, those types of CSM groups, you see a, a team goal, right? So we have, you know, let's say a million dollars in revenue in, in our company. And we have X number of CSMs, X, X CSMs get the same bonus based on overall company performance, because you're just not there on the maturity curve if you go to sort of mid-cycle or even, you know, enterprise-style SaaS, uh, you'll see individual compensation plans built on individual portfolios. So um, in the, the most simple case is just a retention metric uh, that you get a quarterly bonus of, you know, P2 minus P1 over P1. So you're, you know, sort of gross churn metric. Um, and sort of more complex, you'll see things like accelerators and triggers that are based on both a gross churn figure uh, as well as expansion and maybe even something around um, profitability in the client base or delivery of projects or things like that that are in your portfolio mm-hmm. um, you know I'm a I'm a big proponent of keeping it simple um, so you know sort of let's talk about the the things in the business that you can impact as an individual and let's design your bonus or compensation plan around those things uh, but let's tie you to the business right so maybe there's a a a shared bonus around, you know, the entire organization around overall company growth, right? So the management team has one, the sellers have one, the, you know, even the services folks, things like that. So anyone who's on a leveraged plan has that as part of their, uh, has that as part of their compensation plan so that, you know, at the end of the day, they all see a little bit of share in in hitting the company goal.
0: Absolutely. Now that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that kind of is in in tune with at least the revenue focused trends that I'm seeing in in the customer success world. Sort of a variable component of, in the 10 to 20 percent range. Um, and again, like you said, maybe even as aggressive as as 30 percent variable component. Um, and then obviously the maturity of the organization is absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's critical to the design of your plans because you know, early stage companies are going to behave a lot different, and and you know the CSMs may have a maybe migrating out of, you know, a more or less, uh, you know, an acquisition type of a type of a role and then kind of converting into to being the CSMs as, as we all find <laughs> in those yeah. many hats that we wear in, in early stage companies for those of us who've been there. Um, yeah, it's
1: it's interesting that you actually bring that up. And, yeah, you know, one of the things that you see as sort of an over overarching trend through any variable plan is as the job becomes more defined, the compensation plans are typically more individual focused, right? So if you have a clear list of duties and responsibilities for a CSM or, you know, any role within the organization that's leveraged um, as specific and repeatable as those duties and responsibilities are, that's typically when you look at sort of the narrowing of the, of the compensation plan, right? Mm -hmm. So it it no longer becomes a pooled bonus. It becomes an individual bonus. And then it becomes an individual commission on a line item rather than a, you know, just overarching bonus, right? So like as you mature a role, that commission plan becomes more and more well-defined and more and more variable based on individual performance.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think hopefully our listeners are getting a little bit out of that because I, I, I I think that that really resonates, you know, you can't, you can't force a, a small company to behave and, and, and sort of act like a larger organization and be very rigid in your, in your plans and your structure when you're being a very fluid kind of agile organization. And then as you mature, you can sort of layer in some of those, some of those, uh, that structure and, and, and really kind of define the roles and the comp plans around that. So Mike, your wealth of knowledge. So I want to go into something that you touched on there around kind of briefly around the role of customer success and how you see that maybe changing or how it has changed. As we look at, you know, the organizations are sort of post acquisition. You've got you know, professional services, you've got customer success, you've got potentially support team, and then you've got ongoing, you've got account management. And then in the background, obviously you've got your acquisition team, like your sales and your marketing that are also probably leveraging information from CS and account management and things. How do you, how do you sort of, how do you see that? Changing or evolving? Do you see roles merging together? Like, is there because there is quite kind of a bit of overlap in the revenue model with sales and account management, but I think there are very different skill sets. And then when you kind of lean the other direction and go between customer success, professional services, and support, again, in mature organizations, there's very clear kind of definitions between those at least now. So maybe you can give us a little bit of insight on maybe what you're seeing or what you've done at Acrolinx or in the past to kind of help people understand what their roles are and and maybe help the organizations understand what these different teams do and how they play together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think, you know, we can take a couple different angles on this. You know, if we, if we look at a high performing CSM um, the, you know, the terms Swiss army knife or jack of all trades, master of none, um, those types of things tend to resonate in, in the CSM world, right? You know, a, a little to a moderate amount about a lot of things, right? Um, the the actual business challenges that your customers are facing, uh, perhaps you've worked in that vertical or in that industry previously. Um, you got a little bit of a sales lean to you, but you have enough domain expertise where you could, you know, you could do some light consulting should should you need to, right? To help them with best practices, not only in your platform, but in, in their business as well. Um, you know, the, the one thing I always, I have seen, you know, sort of consistently in the early days of customer success was you would have companies that would start a customer success function and, you know, they would sort of like lock themselves away in the lab and come home one day or come, you know, come back to the office one day and say like, okay, you're a customer success manager and you're a customer success manager and you're a customer success manager as they pointed to different people and different functions throughout the organization. um, You know, i sort of, I I will sort of, I don't know, what is the word, Um, challenge myself on this one as well, or, you know, embarrass myself on this one as well. Um, When I started my first CS or account management team, I did the same thing. Um, I grabbed a BDR, um, I grabbed a seller, and I actually grabbed our paralegal and started our customer success account management team at salary.com with those people. Right. And, you know, again, I I did that same thing where I was like, okay, like now you're you know, now your customer success managers. Or back then, it was now your account managers. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know it is the early mistake that nine out of ten times every organization makes. Um, and what happens is, you know, if you're lucky enough to take people from a wide swath of functions, you're able to figure out what works for your organization for customer success. Right. So you're able to sort of find the differences in competencies and, and things like that across those. Uh, diverse, you know, diverse uh, skill sets that you've brought into that organization. But if you're not so lucky and you just sort of do a rebranding exercise, um, human tendency is to fall back to your competency. So, you know, you'll see people that take an account management function, uh, wave their, you know, organizational development wand and now call them customer success. And really, they're just doing the same job with a different title They're you know, farming and selling into the, into the customer base. And, you know, they're not necessarily focused on providing um, substantial, you know, augmentation of value to, to what they're getting out of, out of the solution. Uh, and you have other teams that will do the same thing with professional services. They'll, they'll look at the services folks, or they'll look at the support folks, and, you know, they'll, they'll wave their magic wand and say, now your customer success, and then you have a customer success org that has no connection to revenue or no connection to commercials who may or may not understand the challenges of getting a renewal or getting an expansion done with, within an organization. Um, maybe people that you know have 20 years of experience in professional services that are used to solution consultants coming in and designing and packaging products that you know, these services people deliver and when it comes time for you know the customer to lean on them and you know ask them what they think the right thing to do is, they you know could possibly be a little a little gun shy in offering their insight. So you know it's a it's about understanding your customer base, knowing you know knowing what they would need for an augmentation of service from your organization, um, and having a level of business acumen to get things done by leveraging people inside your organization and within your customer base. Right. So who are the people that I need to assemble in order to get this goal completed?
0: Yeah, I think that, that first off, that was a very, I I would say that was a unique way of answering that question. And I like it on, on the front that I think you really sort of backed into a definition of customer success, which is really being a voice of a customer and, and understanding your organization well enough to, put the right people in front of the customer to achieve that business outcome, whatever that outcome may be, whether it's a renewal or it's a solution that they need within the app or or something else. Um, I think that that really helps to define the value of customer success in that if you've got a kind of a pigeonholed role of account management or something else that you may not really have that lens to be focusing on the actual need of the customer. So that
1: at least resonated very well with me, Mike and and great (laughs) hopefully hopefully i didn't take us too far down my uh you know soapbox slash rabbit hole there but uh you know that's that's you know sort of what uh what i was trying to get to um one thing that actually you just sort of brought up in the in not necessarily the rebuttal but the counterpoint there um is the the idea of voice the customer um and you, you you hear the words advocacy and things like that very often in customer success right like you're supposed to be your customer's advocate you're supposed to you know, speak for the customer within within our organization? I would say yes and no on, on something like that. Um, if you're doing the holistic pl- practice of customer success correct and, you know, putting the customer at the center of customer experience or the center of your organization and really designing solutions around the needs of the customer base, you're probably getting the listening posts out of your voice to the customer program already, right? So you're analyzing data that you get across multi-channels. You're, you have listening posts throughout the customer journey. You're doing interviews, you're, you're doing NPS, you're doing CSAT, you're you know, taking random samples of support data, you're looking at the usage data in your application, you're looking at the adoption data across different pieces of functionality. Those are the things that should be driving the voice of the customer now if the customer happens to need a megaphone so be it that should be where the csm steps in right like you got you guys are ignoring all of these signals and this is why this customer you know is in danger because you know if you sort of look at that all of these data points in a in a different in a different way you'll see that they're actually we're not delivering on our promise to the to the market
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's really the proactive nature of customer success. You shouldn't actually need the customer to tell you if you're, if you have a mature and and well-designed customer success organization, right? Right. That's what your CSMs are for, that they'll be able to glean that and and get those leading and lagging indicators, depending upon what it is you're measuring uh, and be able to, to drive business outcomes based off of those, which again, I wish we had more time because then I'd love to go into that because metrics are useless unless you actually have plans, uh, playbooks, whatever you want to call them to actually action what you're getting out of your data, which is, a, uh, which is another topic I think for another day. But
1: <laughs> Yeah. Can, can we give you the
0: the five seconds on that? Absolutely. I'd I'd love yeah. to see what you guys are doing <laughs> with your metrics.
1: Yeah, I actually just sort of like from principle, um, you know, my sort of guidance on this is, you know, don't ask the question or don't measure it if you don't plan to act on it. So a lot of people will talk about like, you know, feature request pages and things like that. Like if you're actually going to take it in and do the action around the feature request or the ideas, great, like you're doing it right. If you have a roadmap that's set for the next 24 months, do not host a feature request page. It's because like a bridge it a to nowhere. Of, right, exactly. It becomes a source of frustration for the customer base. And you get something with a you know an upvote of a thousand and you can't break your roadmap. So now what do you do?
0: Absolutely. I mean and I think I think that in today's age, that is that is absolutely a model that a lot of businesses need to inherit as the sort of the less is more. I mean, if you're going to measure it, do something with it. I think that's, that's absolutely, that's great because we have so many tools and so many points of data at our fingertips now, uh, especially in the SaaS world that, you know, it's, it's useless if you can't action it. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Well, one more thing that I, that I'd like to ask you, uh, Mike is, being a busy guy who runs customer success, um, what what types of things do you do in your day or in your week um, to help you be more proactive and productive um, and help manage your team, whether it's a tool that you use or um, a methodology or, or something that you're doing to kind of help help you get through your day without you know being drug in a, mu- in a bunch of different directions or or
1: can you do that because I struggle with it myself personally that's why I'm asking <laughs> yeah exactly I think uh, I think we're all busier than we've ever been right so that's that's definitely the case where you know we're always reachable we are you know constantly connected things like that right we I hope for the yeah you know, for the most of us at least you know me and you on the phone we we get home and we Turn the phone over at least, and you know maybe slide it away or or keep it in a different room. You know once it once it hits a certain hour of the day, um, there's a few things you know from from a solution perspective. I think um, you know anyone who's talked to me for I don't know what do we have 26 minutes uh, without hearing the word Gainsight is you know it, it you're doing pretty good, John. Like that is that is my solution of choice for for customer success um, between you know analyzing data, making data vi- uh, visible to other parties within the organization including sales and marketing and the executive team and and things like that like that's you know one of the one of the plays i go to all the time right it's around connecting all of the data points and creating that you know automation around voice of the customer to create actionable data for the entire organization um that's one thing um another you know i i know this just sort of sounds pie in the sky but like hiring talented people that you believe in is an amazing boon to your own personal productivity, right? right. So I sort of empower our, our CSMs, you know, with with the same sort of three rules to everybody in their onboarding, right? They are acting, uh, sorry, act act with good judgment, communicate openly, honestly, and early, and when in doubt, refer to rule one. And that means if they're coming to you, it's an actual problem that they need your help with. They're not constantly just sort of like giving you the CC to every email or informing you of every activity that they do. They're coming to you for, for guidance and they're coming to their managers for guidance. And when, when their managers come to you, like, you, you know this is something that you should be digging into.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's great. I've 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 heard from a number of people that are successful in business that they always revert to it's it's all about the people, um, you know that, that that are in your organization that actually make it successful. So, um, and and I was also just recently at a Gainsight Pulse event, and I, I do think they have a they have a great product, and and they do a they do a really good job of providing a lot of great feedback to the customer success community. So. Little plug to Gain site there, thank yeah, you. So, exactly, those guys are doing a good job. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mike, I could go on for a long time with you because I think you've got some great insights, and I really appreciate you coming on the show today um, and talking to to everyone about about customer success and what's going on. Um, I don't know if you want to give us maybe just a little bit about what what you guys do at Acrolinks real quick before we
1: before we um, pop off here. Sure, absolutely. So, um, yeah, today today what we're doing here at Acrolinks is helping the the best companies in the world, the largest companies in the world, uh, create better content faster. Um, so we are an AI platform that enables companies to create content at scale for their customers, for their employees uh, that are, you know, supporting their customer base, things like that. Um, the real, you know, if you sort of take the, uh, the abstract goal of this, right, is to create a brand aligned experience across every channel that a customer touches. So if you go on a self-guided journey through the support portal, it should feel like you're having an experience with, with the company that you're working with. If you're talking to a support person, it should, you know, it should look and feel like, like that company. If you're talking to a salesperson, same thing. So we want every experience to be just like spending five minutes in the elevator with the CEO of that company. We want we want everything to you know look and feel and be well connected to to your brand. Well, Mike,
0: thanks again for joining us on Beyond the Acquisition. It's been a pleasure. I Appreciate the opportunity
1: and uh, good to talk to you as well.
0: Such a pleasure to have Mike from Acrolinks on the show. Thanks again for tuning in to Beyond the Acquisition. Please be sure to subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts.